0: Hello and organic, and a sound of play. 278. <laughs> of December now and um we're we're getting right towards the end of 2020. <laughs> Good riddance as far as I'm concerned, but we have some great music to listen to still. We have uh this show of course we got another of uh another couple shows from Leon I believe I don't know what what time of the year we are kind of beginning our um we always like to do a bit of a bit of a break towards the end of the year so uh, we we may or may not release anything on the 23rd, but we do have the end of the year mix on the 30th like we do every year. So that will be uh, ready right in time for the end of the month. I'm kind of scrambling together some last minute releases as they come out and uh, putting some uh, hope, hopefully finishing touches on that thing. Um, but anyways, that will be um, that'll be here before you know it. And in between all of that, on the 16th, we will have something Christmassy to go on. That will be Sound of Play 280. So we'll do something nice, whether it's a uh, interview that has more of a Christmassy type of theme, or uh, perhaps we'll do something uh, something different and fun. We'll see. We'll see. But today's show, we're just going to take it a little bit easier. I've got some community requests, I've got some picks of my own, so we're just going to listen to some good music, and we did that already on the way in. We listened to a piece from Ninja Gaiden Shadow. It was called BGM-1 by Hiroyuki Iwasuki. It's just a good piece of Game Boy music. I mean, it feels impossible to not like that that uh, that track. Immediately infectious. Um, I, I do like uh, kind of aggressive Game Boy music. You know, it's a uh, good earworm material. And, and just like, I don't know, I know it's controversial and a lot of people don't like the sound of chiptune music. And I think the Game Boy is probably the most divisive other than maybe the like early Sega consoles, the Genesis, the Master System, the uh Mega Drive, maybe. But uh yeah, the Game Boy has a very tinny sound to it that not everyone can get behind. But if that's what you're into, which I am, uh, then it, uh, it certainly delivers. Anyways, the next track is a request from the forum, and this comes from Flabio, who says, Genshin Impact has a pretty massive score already, so much so that there are two different orchestras involved in recording it all. I really like the subtle piece, though. It plays while you're exploring the overworld at night just before dawn. I, uh, I've played one session of Genshin Impact, but I have listened to the entire soundtrack. Well, the entire soundtrack that they've released as a part of their soundtrack releases. And, uh, it's, it's tremendous from start to finish. It was surprisingly good. <laughs> I know everyone keeps saying this, you know, free to play game. It's uh kind of, of surprising quality for what it is, but, uh, even for, you know, a $60 game, this would be an excellent, almost kind of best of your soundtrack. Um, I think this, uh, Genshin Impact, and Assassin's Creed Valhalla were kind of my two big pleasant surprises when it came to video game soundtracks this year. So if you haven't listened through those soundtracks, then uh, seek them out. Genshin Impact is just kind of like wall-to-wall bangers. It's uh, a lot of kind of orchestral tunes, a lot of Nice kind of cute ditties, I would say, but kind of, yeah, lush Breath of the Wild type of music, very infectious tunes, very, very good, very tune-driven. Assassin's Creed Valhalla is kind of the opposite side of the street. It is um not tune-driven for the most part, but uh, Jesper Kidd and uh, his collaborators on, on that score um, did a great job of creating really kind of weird ethereal music that kind of fades in and out of different motifs. Um, almost like, uh, you know, blood flowing through your body. Like it feels very organic, but at the same time feels weirdly kind of cybernetic in a way. I mean, it's a Jesper kids course. So (laughs) I feel like that's probably a simpler way to describe it, (laughs) but it's, it's very, very good. And, um, it uh it knows when to kind of uh lean into its kind of ethereal nature. There are there are bits and pieces of it that sound like um like selections out of the uh disco Elysium score, which um I guess is technically licensed music. Was all of it adapted from uh from uh British Sea Powers? Uh, pre-existing catalog? I'm not sure. I have to check on that. I wonder how much of it was original and how much of it was adapted. Anyways, that's not important. We are many steps removed. Um, I was saying, Assassin's Creed Valhalla um, knows when to kind of lean into its ethereal nature and when to kick it up with that kind of Viking-like energy. Um, It does a good job of balancing the two. So yes, check it out. But for now, let's listen to a piece from Genshin Impact. This is a very pretty piece called A New Day with Hope by Yu Peng Chen. Next, let's kick up the energy level a little bit. This is the main theme from Beat Sports, or Super Beat Sports. <laughs> I, I, I've i seen it written both ways, and I don't know which one is correct. <laughs> Anyways, Beat Sports was a, a rhythm game that Harmonix put out a couple years back that um, I, I didn't really see ever catch a lot of um, traction, which is uh, too bad. I've never played it, so I'm entirely part of the problem (laughs) but um harmonics is a company that like i love everything that they do and it hurts every time to see it go kind of like so widely underplayed (laughs) if that's a if that's a way to put it i feel like they must be doing well enough because the doors are still open but you know they kind of you know, took a bath in Rock Band 4. I think the peripherals were more expensive to produce than they could reasonably make back that money in the uh, the time at which that particular entry in the series was produced. Um, I'm, I'm thrilled that they did. You know, I'm glad that they brought Rock Band into the Xbox One and now into the Series X generation um, via backwards compatibility. But I don't think it did particularly well for them. Um although I guess well enough for them to be supporting it pretty consistently with uh DLC, weekly DLC for years after its release. So, who knows? Maybe it was more of the peripheral manufacturers that ate some of the costs there. Um anyways, uh at Disney Fantasia Evolved is one of my top out of two or three Xbox 1 games um as far as uh, exclusives are concerned anyways. And um that one is I never hear anyone talking about it. Like it's a tremendous game. It's, it's fantastic. And the things they do with music, the things they do with the connect are pretty unrivaled, but, uh, yeah, it goes pretty widely underreported. I would say again, just anecdotally, um, drop mix. I, I feel like that one did kind of catch on a little bit. Um, still not quite a mainstream staple, but, um, I feel like a lot of people do have it in their homes, but not until the board um, pretty significantly dropped in price. So I don't know if they needed to sell more at full price to really recoup costs on that one, but they were able to kind of retool some of that some of that technology into Fuser. I'm not sure I'm in love with that name, but uh, the game itself I've been spending a ton of time with this year. And it's a, it's a lot of fun. I, I keep on ranting about it on Twitter. Uh, it's, it's very, very close to being a great game. It's, it's a very, very good game that is just waiting for one or two patches to get it over the line. Um, but uh, it's, it's a good time, highly recommended, as is the rest of Harmonic stuff, um, including probably Beat Sports haven't played it, I fully intend to, and maybe I will. Maybe this will kind of spur me into it. Maybe this will kind of remind me uh, to actually download it on my Switch. This is the Beat Sports main theme. Um, This was actually released as a free track in Rock Band 4, so if you have that game kicking around, then uh, this is a pretty fun, um, somewhat challenging at times, uh, theme to play in that game. So Beat Sports main theme by Steve Pardo from Beat Sports or Super Beat Sports. I don't know. in the form requests. This year I've played through the entire output of Francisco Gonzalez, beginning with his very indie origins with Ben Jordan Series and culminating in the excellent Lamplight City. Francisco, also known as Grundislav Games, produces high-quality point-and-click adventures. The quality of the current indie adventure scene is staggering. Lamplight City looks and feels every bit as good as the Sierra and LucasArts classics, to which it so clearly pays homage. The story revolves around the detective struggling with inner demons and grief over the death of his best friend and partner. His quest for closure takes him on an adventure across the city in alternative history crossed between New Orleans, New York, and London. The soundtrack is composed by Marc Benet and is excellent throughout. For me, this is one of the more memorable tracks, which plays during the eponymous scenes at the University of New Bretagne. It instantly relaxes me. Yes, dialing the energy back down for some relaxing, uh, pleasant, atmospheric music. This is University of New Bretagne from Lamplight City. Next is a piece by the legendary Alistair Brimble from The Game Driver. Alistair Brimble has been composing for games for as long as, I mean, almost as long as there have been games, not quite, but he's been in the industry for a long, long, long time. He has a extremely extensive backlog of, um, of titles going all the way back to like the Dizzy games, um, in the uh, early kind of PC scene in Europe. But uh, he also contributed to the Driver series. And I think a Driver sequel, or at least a spiritual successor, is his um, most recent composing contribution as well. I think it was just this year or maybe a couple of years ago. Anyways, this is called New York Night by Alistair Brimble from Driver. And boy, it's... um it's a really nice, like a cool jamming, funky piano track that, uh, I kind of, you know, I just want to hear somebody remix into like a rap beat. You know, it has that kind of energy to it. It's, uh, it's, it's really cool. It's very present. Um, anyways, New York night from driver. (laughs) we're going to Mr. Ixolite from the forum who says Mega Man was a franchise of many firsts for me, including the realization that gaming music could be pretty dang good. It may even have influenced my taste in music in general, which includes an affinity for metal, progressive rock, and a whole lot of synth. Sounds about right. And in that regard, this song is an absolute banger that has stuck in my mind for literal decades. It only plays during the final and extremely brief stage of the game, but still manages to set the stage for an epic final robot showdown in a psychedelic cyberspace crater. Either that or a killer dance party. This is Zero Stage 2 by Takuya Miyawaki from Mega Man X5. games from around the turn of the millenniums a couple years previous in 1998. Here's a, uh, a fun, we don't do enough vocal tracks on Sound of Play. Um, this is kind of like, I feel like it's composed to sound like the opening to a TV show. Uh, they're both um, Japanese and English versions of this particular song, but I, uh, I like the English version. I think the lyrics are just kind of cheesy enough to win you over. Um, but it's a, it's a good jam as well. It has a good positive energy. This is Burning Hearts Burning Angel by Takanobi Mitsuyoshi from Burning Rangers. second to last tier comes from Dom's Beard, who says, I didn't get this one in my first playthrough as the event for it never happened. This is from a scene where you play as one character being chased, then switch to a character that is chasing. The theme of the second character comes in around 115 to mix in with the original. This is called Run With Me by Philip Shepard from Detroit, Become Human, as seen in, um, in uh, this year's Astro's Playroom. A delightful little platformer that came packed in with the PlayStation Five, giving it uh, a a very large audience, a larger audience than Astro's uh, Astrobot Rescue Mission, the similarly delightful and wonderful PlayStation VR platformer ever got. Because I feel like uh, I feel like even though PS fives are hard to get these days, PS VRs are probably rarer still although i say that out loud and now i'm kind of second guessing how many i wonder if there are more psvr's or more playstation 5s in people's households at this time i wonder because ps5s are more high demand but psvr's have been on the market for longer and they haven't dealt with as much kind of shortage of at least the main peripheral um plenty hard to get hold of the ps move controllers anyways not important um yeah it's just the tangential point that detroit become human was uh, one of the many titles the many playstation titles that were referenced in uh, a very cute way in uh, Astro's playroom as was the game that we're going to be finishing the sound of play on but we'll get to that in just a moment let's listen to some detroit become human first I became human all over again. We have one track to listen to left today, but before we do that, we'd like to send a reminder to head over to our forum at canandrince.com slash forum, where you can request your own favorite pieces of music for sound of play in the future. wanted to give a uh, personal recommendation for Kanan and Rince and the Sasha's factory podcast. But uh, if you're not already a listener, then uh, especially why not check out the Playwright podcast is another one that I host with uh, Ryan Quintel also on the network. And it's a, uh, it's an absolute delight. <laughs> it's a creative space where we come up with new video game ideas. Go give it a listen. Um, actually, we had some uh, correspondence this week that I feel like I should clarify on the air. If you're interested in subscribing to Playwright, which you should be, um, it is spelled P-L-A-Y-W-R-I-T-E, like the acts of playing and writing, um, not spelled like playwright, somebody who writes plays, weirdly enough. <laughs> that is spelled differently for some reason. <laughs> it's uh, it's kind of a pun on that, though. Anyways, the way that we format it in um, on the website and in our logo has a semicolon in between play and write, but... If you're searching for it on, uh, you know, Google Play or iTunes or Spotify or wherever it is that you get your podcast from, um, just search for playwright p l a y w r i t e without the uh, without the semicolon. Uh, these, we remove the semicolon from those platform catchers just because it would create problems if we included it. So. In our hopes of making it more searchable, we unfortunately confuse some of the people who uh, who know the podcast too well already and are familiar with our branding. I guess that's on us. (laughs) We should have thought of that. Anyways, um, at least we are less confusing than TCGS. Alrighty then. One final track to listen to. This is Sunny Day. From Viv Ribbon, that is another game that I was surprised to see referenced in um, Astros Playroom. Uh, that you know, Astros Playroom. I started noticing the pattern of uh, specific games being represented with uh, God of War twenty eighteen, and I was kind of like, "Oh man, you know, I have my PlayStation favorites. You know, everyone does. Everyone's got their uh, their own personal favorites." I was just thinking like, "Oh man, I hope." I hope Parappa the Rapper makes the cut. You know, he's one of the biggest PlayStation properties. I don't know why there was any doubt in my mind that he would, but uh, yeah, he he did. So I I realized when I started seeing <laughs> like extru- like way more obscure properties like Vib Ribbon <laughs> that um, I was in good hands and uh, Parappa didn't have anything to worry about. I just had to believe. Still though, I, I think there were two games I was surprised to not see as cute little cameos in this game. Um, I didn't see any Twisted Metal. I might have overlooked that, but I don't think it was in there, Um, which is another big one, Uh, one that was so big, in fact, that it uh, made its way into PlayStation All-Stars Battle Royale. Was that what it was? PlayStation Smash Bros. on the PlayStation 3? Anyways, and uh, I was also surprised to not see Katamari. That uh, That was too bad. There was a... A one of the trophies is named for Katamari, specifically named for one of the English localizations of one of the songs on the original game soundtrack, which is a enough steps removed to where I feel like, you know, I get a kind of a massive, like like a warmth in my nerd heart for seeing them taking that kind of care. (laughs) Yeah, but, uh, but no actual Little robots dresses Katamari in game or dresses the prince rather in game, pushing little Katamari around, which is, uh, which is kind of too bad. Uh, what else? Uh, I feel like Gex should have made the cut. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I know there's not a lot of like affection for Gex these days and Gex had just as many games on Nintendo platforms, but, um, anyways, <laughs> how about Croc Legend of the Gobbo's that didn't make the cut see, uh, pull me into direct Astro's playroom too. I would, I would love to be involved. <laughs> All right. Anyways, um, this is a cover of Sunny Day from Viv Ribbon. Uh, this is a chiptune cover called Sunny Day NES VRC6 cover by Lou9 on YouTube. Um, composed this in FamiTracker, which is a great uh, piece of software for producing NES-style music. Um, it's a, uh, you know, I I highlight this remix in particular not only because I like the original song, which I do, uh, but also because um, I feel like this remix really understands the original song in a way that not all I don't want to say understands. I don't want to say that not all remixes understand the original song. Obviously, like they they spend a lot of time and effort trying to reproduce what makes the original song special to them. But I feel like this particular remix kind of gets to the heart of one of the real kind of standout things about the original song that is that feels like it's not quite like right on the surface. It feels like they like they've really absorbed this song before producing the remix, uh, which I, I like to see. Um what I'm speaking about is, uh, the original song is cheery. It's a, you know, children singing a cute, you know, kind of poppy song, but it has like a strange level of melancholy kind of right under the surface. You know, there's, um, the opening chords are, it's like a tiniest amount dissonant. And every once in a while, it hits you with some kind of dissonant chords along the way. Some things that sound a little bit melancholy, as if you know, it's uh, as if it's kind of like viewed through the lens of nostalgia or um, a kind of sadness in a way that uh, I feel like you know. Without lingering on it, I think those moments of of darkness make the moments of celebration um, burn even brighter. Uh, one criticism I have of this remix, which is also a criticism of the original piece of music is, um, I, uh, I never really like the way that it ends. You know, this is, this is the fault of the original song. I don't want to say fault. Uh, it is, um, it is something that I don't get along well with, with the original song. And, uh, it's basically that, you know, it has this, this, it does this great job of balancing the kind of happy and the sad, throughout the entire piece. And then it kind of picks up tempo later on and it it goes like double speed towards the end. It kind of races into the end line and loses that kind of melancholy flavor that it had maintained so well up to that point. So, um, yeah, I just, uh, I kind of wish that it ended a little bit differently. Um, I'm not sure exactly how I want it to end, but, uh, yeah, that kind of speed up double time ending doesn't really do a lot for me. And, um, it doesn't do a lot for me in this remix either, but, uh, I think, you know, the, the rest of the song is strong enough that, um, I'll, uh, overlook that a bit and, um, I hope you enjoy this. And, uh, I'm curious if anyone has any opinions about the ending, about that kind of double time speed up, then, um, do write in. I'm, I'm curious to see if, uh, if for some people that's their favorite part and uh, maybe you can kind of unlock something for me as to why why you think it works because i'm I'm definitely open to having my mind changed i want to like this song in in its entirety anyways sunny day nes vrc6 cover by lou 9 from viv ribbon